God's design for marriage is found in Matthew chapter 19. Jesus said, at the beginning, the creator made them male and female. For this reason, a man will leave his mother and father and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. Welcome to By Design from American Family Radio. Hello, once again, welcome to By Design. This is a podcast geared towards marriage and family. Hopefully, uh, it serves to strengthen uh, your marriage. And By Design's mission is to educate and encourage people to embrace God's design for marriage and family as a fundamental building block for all human civilization and to celebrate the union of one man and one woman as the objective institution that produces human flourishing. Amen. Thanks so much to all of our listeners for joining us today. I was waiting. I don't know. I was waiting for you to say, I'm Will and this is my wife, Miki. Like, I'm Will. That, normally, that's what you do. And so, <laughs> but then, of hey, course, I'm, I'm, Will. I'm prone to, and I'm Miki. <laughs> I, I'm prone to kind of just jump in sometimes. And so I was trying not to do that. No, no, and the good. one time that I didn't jump in, I should have jumped in. Well, that's how it always happens, right? Well. So anyway, so we're going to talk about charity and marriage today. And um, mm. we recently had... Um, an incident between the two of us mm-hmm. that really got me thinking about the need for Christian charity in marriages. Yeah, yeah. I think when we think of charity or we think of extending grace, we think of going the distance, right. we think of this outside of the context of marriage. We think of this with strangers. Yeah. Um, we think of this with friends, but really, I mean, this should be sort of like the first place yes. where Christian charity is displayed. You have many opportunities within the marital context to display charity mm-hmm. and all of the fruit of the spirit. Yes. Like when you go through that list, you, you have to employ pretty much all of them. Mm-hmm. But yes, I think this is a, a ground zero for displaying charity one to another. Uh, what better place than in the marital union? Yeah. So so just um, getting started, I thought it might be helpful to define Charity uh, for our listeners, I could say for our listeners, but I really want to say with our listeners, because as I was kind of um, prompted about my lack of charity Mm. as recently displayed toward you, I started thinking about, you know, man, what, you know, what is charity? What is grace um, when we give people the benefit of the doubt? Like, you know, why, why? What does that really mean? And what does that look like? So when I say I want to define it, I don't mean like I want to talk to our listeners. I kind of want to talk with our listeners. Like this is something that I feel like I'm, I've been pondering and thinking about. And, um, so I went to Webster's 1828 dictionary. Um, yes, which, (laughs) I mean, you want to get solid definitions that are rooted in the authority of scripture, check out Webster's 1828 dictionary. You can find it online. Um, and then you can also, if you have some free time, uh, compare definitions from the 1828 to like today and just see how much, our knowledge has really changed and, and I would say <laughs> even decreased. like our fear yeah. of God or the lack of our fear of God is so evident, um, mm. even in the way we define words. So anyway, so I went to Webster's um, 1828 dictionary and I entered the word charity mm-hmm. and I just wanted to get a definition, like kind of get a place um, to start. And, but knowing that I had some scriptures in my mind, mm-hmm. but like what would be a solid um, definition and Webster's 1828 had Um, eight definitions for charity, eight definitions. And I want to pull out two of them. The first one I want to go to now, and then um, the number six definition I want to kind of hang on to until we near the end of um, the end of the program. And so the number one definition for charity 
is, and I'm going to quote here, just read it in a general sense, love, benevolence, goodwill, that disposition of heart, which inclines men to think favorably of their fellow man Mm. and to do them good Mm -hmm. in a theological sense, which is why we love the 1828 in a theological sense. It includes supreme love to God and universal goodwill to men. Mm. So often if you do Bible comparisons, which I do and you do Mm -hmm. reading different versions of the Bible, Mm -hmm. you will see that it is in the King James version of the Bible that charity is sometimes used in place of love. love yeah. And this love that mm. charity sometimes replaces is agape love. Mm. So this is that that love that we show, that pure, that selfless love that we extend toward one another. Mm. And so in the context of this, I was thinking about um, what the Bible teaches us about love yeah. and charity. Yeah. And I was thinking it's so important for us to understand that this love that we have for each other, this agape love that we have for each other, that it must exist within the context of our marriages. Mm. And when it does, it really truly does look like first Corinthians chapter 13. Yeah. It's like uh, expecting the best, you Mm know, uh, even when there's opportunity to not, you know, um, and loving unconditionally, you know, that, that no matter how things go or what things change, but there's still a constant love there. And I think, man, you're right in our marital union, because I always I always wondered about that, like because charity for me growing up was like a, a word we didn't use. Right. You know, we use love, you mm-hmm. know. And so um, to to see that, you know, they're related pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. You know, it speaks a lot about, about how we need to uh, be with one another as far as in a loving relationship without, without any conditions, mm-hmm. without any you know, you do this for me, I do this for you, mm-hmm. but just, you know, in a way that would really please the Lord. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that I think is really interesting about the word charity mm-hmm. as it's a form of love and it is, it's similar. Like, so you have the King James using charity and then you have, um, like say the English standard version using love, the new King James would use the word love. But one of the things I found interesting is that the use of the word charity kind of comes along with action, so right? It's, so it's so so, a little different? Is no, 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 no. Okay. It's this, this, the same in the sense that it is love expressed, right? Okay. So, because I often think that when we think of love, mm-hmm. we think of it as a feeling. Ah, Do you see yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like as, yeah. as an yeah. emotion. But then when you read 1 Corinthians chapter 13, mm-hmm. you see that the love that is expressed there, this agape love mm-hmm. has the expectation of an action with it, that it does this or it does not do this, that love is an action. And I thought, I actually thought this is the point that you were about to make growing up. Whenever I heard the word charity, I always associated it with giving. Mm. I associated Mm -hmm. it with Mm -hmm. extending something or an extension of oneself to someone else. Because that's, what they are called. Charities. Yes, this is charity. Yeah. And, and and these are charities and right. this is what they do. They, right. they extend themselves. They help those who are in need. Right. And so I was thinking about like, how does that work or what does that look like in marriage when we love as an expression of charity? Like, what does that look like? And I think it is the extension of the benefit of the doubt to our spouse. It yeah. is the extension of, um, 
the long suffering mm-hmm. that is present, patience the patience, yeah, yeah. Um, the kindness, kindness right? right? And so if we could, I was thinking um, maybe it might be helpful to also read First Corinthians okay. chapter 13 because we've kind of alluded to it. Yeah. Um, just a little bit, but first Corinthians chapter 13, I think beginning at verse four, I'll I'll just start there. Um, The Bible says love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, Mm. but rejoices with the truth. Love, now here is love doing. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures Mm. all things. Love never ends. So I was thinking about that. And I was thinking about if if you couple charity or if you define love as charity and you um, have the right expectation that love is is action, that it's doing. And that means that in our marriages, that posture um, that position of agape love between a husband and a wife involves action. Mm. And so what does that look like? Well, that looks like mm. when we don't understand each other, that I hope that I actively hope that you had my best interest at heart. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And right. I think sometimes in conflict in marriage, mm. we are not charitable. Yeah. We yeah. don't extend that kind of love. It is a love yeah. that is, um, I think, as our culture defines it, just the way, the way we feel. And I was going to say that that's the type of love of pushing past our feelings. Yes, that's you know, right. And, and, and like you're saying, it's, it's getting to the doing and even the, the um, I guess how you would think about the situation that I- I- immediately there should be like, okay, I love this person. Mm-hmm. The person loves me. Mm-hmm. So I know that, man, let me get some clarity, you know, on what's going on here. Yes. Because, I don't believe that this person would hurt me yes. intentionally. Yes. And that's, I, I believe that's thinking the best, you know, that's like uh, believing all things are, man, it's amazing that you use the word clarity because mm-hmm. I think going back to this, um, Webster's definition, there's another definition that is given. We'll get to it in just a bit here. Yeah. But I think you could kind of summarize, um, that definition with getting, um, gracious clarity. Mm. Getting gracious clarity, because sometimes I think in a marriage we would say we're after after clarity. Right. But but there's just sort of like the hope that just what your suspicions are will be confirmed. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we think yeah. that that's clarity. But really, it is getting clarity with the grace extended that on the other side of the secured clarity mm-hmm. will be what I hoped for, that he didn't he didn't mean that. And so if there is. um you know, a position to where the negative is thought of. Yeah. Can we say that that's a trust issue? Like we are, is it a love issue? Like mm. what, what, what is that? It's just because it says a love issue, man, that's pretty deep. That's like, yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. but is, is it more of trust or what, what do you think? Yeah. I, I, well, I think that's a great question actually. <laughs> um, I, I would say that it is a trust issue. Yeah. But I think also it is a lack of understanding of what love looks like expressed. Mm. And I think that there must be trust for Mm. there to be genuine love. I don't think that those things can be sort of parsed out Mm. and, and, you know, a person say, even though at one time I thought this, you know, oh, I Mm. love, but I, but I don't trust like, you know, Mm. that kind of thing. Mm. I, 
I think as we grow in our knowledge of God, we understand that all of those things characterize love, right? Mm. We love God and we trust him. Yeah. So I think it would be sort of counterintuitive for a person to say, I love God, but I don't, I don't trust him. Mm. You know, the Lord would not allow us to continue on that way. Yeah. And so I think it's the same way in our marriages. The Lord doesn't allow us to continue on believing that we love when there is a lack of trust mm. or believing that that does not affect the way we love or the depth of our love or even the charity, yeah. right? That yeah. should be present in the type of love that God calls us to. Right. And again, when you think about agape love, you're thinking about love that is not just um, in a marriage. Like mm. this is the kind of love that God has for us. Mm. This is the kind of love that God expects us to have for one another. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't stop at our home. Right. It's like it doesn't agape love is not just for outside of the four walls of our family. That agape love should also exist inside our family. Yes. But I do think getting back to your question and maybe we should drill down a little bit on this. I do think that it's a it's a question of trust mm. um, because I think if you're going to like if love is action, that love has action in the right expectation of the expression of love is action. Yeah. That it is doing. Um if you don't have trust, then you will not freely express that love That's in true. all of its components. Right. Right. Because you yeah. you have to make yourself vulnerable. Yeah. And you will always be if you don't have that trust, you would always be thinking pretty much the worst. Like yeah. that it was that whatever happens is negative. Yeah. You yeah. know. Um, and so it's pushing past our our feelings and not being, you know, led by our feelings. Mm -hmm. And truly being led really by, by God and, and by love, by true love. Yeah. You know? Now, how much do you think mm -hmm. um, past experiences in marriage uh, where there's been hurt or there's been disappointment? How much do you think that plays into yeah. um, what would be sort of like a blockage or yeah. the need for a stint to be put into the flow of love? I don't know. Right. That I, I think it plays big time. Image makes sense. You but. know, I think that's where um, you, you have those things that happen and it kind of it could kind of set the stage for ongoing hurts yeah. like so when something happens it's like a you know re revert back to like man that's a pattern mm -hmm. you know but i i do think as well uh step uh, that's when forgiveness steps yeah. in yeah you know because true forgiveness. That, true forgiveness because not that this would be something that would never be remembered anymore mm -hmm. but man that there would be true forgiveness and a and, and a ability to be be able to move forward mm -hmm. and not not every time when something happens that it that you go back to, you know, five years ago or yeah, six years ago. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And so I think that's where uh, genuine true forgiveness comes in. Yeah, it's amazing when you consider um, that the Lord wanted us to know about Himself that He forgives us. Yeah, and He throws our sin into the sea of for forgetfulness as mm. far as the east is mm -hmm. from the west. As mm -hmm. far as He's moved our transgressions, mm. uh, removed them from us, taken those things away from us. And I think it's such a challenge for us as humans yes. to to um, emulate that, yeah. to say, how, how do I forgive um, and forgive from the heart, forgive genuinely, right. and right. then not allow that to be the thing that would stop the flow of charity yeah. in my life, like wow. to, to stop the extension of forgiveness yeah. or forbearing or suffering long with. Yeah. Um, and I think those are the things that we have to pray for, but it requires humility, I think. And so if, this, if these are, let's say, issues in the marriage, yeah. like how do you even begin to... Uh, address that like mm -hmm. so if if there's a husband that may feel like man 
you know, each time I do something wrong, it always goes back to, yeah. you know, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, what does the wife need to hear or, or or want to hear from her husband to be able to know that he uh, empathize with her about well, what's going on? Well, I would say, speaking as a wife, right, right. obviously. Okay, so I, I would say the first thing that the wife desires is to see um, to see growth and progress, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And I think the husband should be able to point to that and say, hey, okay, listen, this is less and less. Like, mm-hmm. we don't have these kinds of hiccups. Like, okay, yeah. um, I had a friend or have a friend who used to say uh, whenever we'd get together, if there, if there was something that she did or said that was misunderstood by me mm-hmm. or, you know, she would say, charge it to my head and not my heart, mm-hmm. right? Which is such like a quick way to yeah. say, hey, there was no like malice in that. It was right. just sort of like a boop, like just a, yeah. you know, the kids would say brain fart. Like it was just one of those <laughs> things where you just, I wasn't thinking. And I think in a marriage, we have to have that safety net mm-hmm. that the husband should be able to point to um, an ever, um, ever glowing track record mm. where he's able to say, Hey, listen, okay. It may, it may be that in the first year of marriage or the second year of marriage, I did this mm-hmm. and you know, but we've, we've talked about this right? and I've humbly asked you to forgive me. Can you also see that this has lessened over the years? Can you yeah. see that I've been more attentive, um, and more thoughtful or whatever the case may be. I think the wife needs to be reminded of that. And, and not from a place where the husband is sort of like, you know, um, just kind of like groveling. I think <laughs> from a place where the husband is speaking with um, assurance and authority, yeah. like, listen, because that's what we wives want. We want the assurance that um, the husband has been actively making progress. Mm-hmm. So if the husband is actively making progress versus being dragged along by the wife, like constantly, you did this and you did that. And the mm-hmm. husband's like, oh, yes, I'm, I'm sorry. And and then try, I don't think the wife wants that. I think what the wife wants is for the husband to completely understand her deeply mm-hmm. and then make changes that he can point to mm-hmm. because he's been intentionally making those changes. So if the husband points to those changes yeah. and he still feels like, it still happens that, you know, um, when something happens wrong, that she goes back into like two years ago. Do you want a counseling session? I, f- I feel <laughs> no, like I'm you're just, driving at a larger No, I'm, ask, I'm just asking questions because we're helping folks. Okay. You know, we're okay, helping Okay, I'm going to be charitable here. <laughs> I'm not going to say that you're trying to talk at me sideways here. I'm not. I'm, okay. I'm really not. Okay. But so, and I so, believe you. <laughs> you see that? Charity right there on display. Yeah, believes all things. That's I mean, that's that's the position that we want right, to take. We right. want to b- believe all things. Right. Yeah. Believe all things. So I'm, I'm saying so should the husband continue to, you know, uh, show the wife the track record? Like what if it, if he feels like it's just even though I'm doing this, mm-hmm. you know, um, that shouldn't be a point of giving up. But no, should, right, that's not right? an option. That's not an option. Right. So should he continue on saying, but look, I, I, I'm doing better. Like, yeah. Well, say? I think I think there is the legitimate question that has to be asked, like, why do you expect it to be this? If 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 there's not charity and love expressed, the husband has the responsibility mm-hmm. and right might be the low hanging fruit. But I think he also has the right mm-hmm. to to dig down and to ask, why? Why do mm-hmm. you why do you, why are your expectations of my um, motives so low, like what, what is mm. it that has caused that? And, and then I think when the husband does that, yeah. 
um, it drives the wife to introspection where she then is no longer in the position of accusing, but now she is inspecting herself. Like now Mm. the question is, wait a minute, why do I feel that way? Because even accusations are sort of like a defense mechanism. It's, you know, you don't, you don't necessarily stop and take personal inventory in an accusation. Mm -hmm. But I think when the accusation is turned into a growth moment or a sanctification moment, which is what marriage does, it sanctifies us, right? I think when that moment, you kind of jump out of the accusation mode and jump into, okay, what is the sanctifying work that God wants to do through this trial? And, And I think if the sanctifying work is on the part of the wife, where she has some deeper issues that she needs to explore, right? That's where the husband, in the position of leadership, and and noticing that, okay, hang on, there's something going on here. Mm-hmm. I I would say removes himself from the place of defense, mm-hmm. and then into the place of like covering and washing with the word. Mm. Like, what what are these things that cause you right. to think this way? Right. Um. In our recent interaction, you know, as we were talking about it, man, mm-hmm. I just had this strong sense because I thought I thought that you were saying something that you were not saying. Right. And so then I was angry and then you were angry because mm-hmm. y- you thought, well, I can't believe you don't know what I'm saying. Like right. that you don't, you know? Right. And so I think in that moment, we both have to stop mm-hmm. one and pray. Mm-hmm. But then also there has to be humility and confession where you're like, okay, I did not extend grace. Yeah. Like I, and why did I assume those things? Like, why did I think that way? And mm-hmm. allow for the Holy Spirit to do that work. That That's the long way of getting around this, but I think it produces the most fruit mm. in marriage. The yeah. short way is to argue it out. Yeah. Right? Which some people are like, have you, haven't, have you ever heard our arguments? It's not short. But what I, what I mean is that like in the short run, yeah. it's like sort of you just kind of like... It's a war of words, but that's not the intent yeah. for marriage, right? The intent intent for our marriages is that we would be sanctified yeah. In, yeah, in the context definitely. of marriage. And and when you have those type of situations going on, you know, one thing I learned from uh, the situation we're talking, to, talking about is that communication is important. Yes. You know, yes. not for, for, for one to like just say, okay, well, I'm not going to say anything else and just kind of lingers, you know, like I did, mm-hmm. but to be able to say, wait. I think we're, I think you might be misunderstanding yeah. or like this is not what it is, you know, yeah. and having those points of communication to be able to iron out what's really going on. Because a lot of times you find out that, man, it wasn't what you thought. That's right. You That's know? right. And then it's like this whole big thing really for nothing. Because, right. Right. You know, it wasn't really what was thought. So I think communication uh, is so important. And that's a way that we extend grace and charity our spouse as well so look at definition number six this is webster's 1828 um dictionary number six definition of charity candor liberality in judging of men and their actions Mm. liberality of in judging of men and their actions and i underline that a disposition which inclines men to think and judge favorably and to put the best construction on words and actions. Oh man, it's mm. all right. Let me go back. Okay. And to put the best construction on words and actions, which the case will admit the highest exercise of charity is charity towards the uncharitable. Wow. So I was reading this and I was honestly thinking about myself, Will the Great. Like I was thinking, whoa, I need to do that with Will. Mm. 
Like I need to be, and some, some people are like, wait, no, don't say it. I need to be liberal in the way, <laughs> Not like in that. the judging yeah. <laughs> of men and their actions. I need to be yeah. charitable. I need to extend grace. And this mm. is not just for people that I'm just friends with, but this is first and foremost expressed mm-hmm. in my relationship with you. Yeah. I don't need to jump immediately on every word that you say, um, mm-hmm. So as to find some confirmation that, oh, there you go. That's not, you're not thinking about me or you're not considering me. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes that's what wives do. We tend to have a long um, record book. (laughs) We do. I mean, not many wives like to admit that when they're in the press. But the reality is in marriages, uh, wives tend to keep records of wrong, Mm. which adversely affect the marriage. And I think that's something that we have to bring to the Lord Mm -hmm. and confess as I did, even most recently, mm-hmm. we're married 17 years. Yes. My confession was to the Lord. Lord, forgive me. I confess that I did not extend grace. I did yeah. not show charity. And in the same way, you know, uh, husbands need to actually be thinking about their wives. You know, yeah. it should be a, a thing where that it should be where that thought from the wife becomes less and less that a, yeah. her husband is not thinking about her or putting mm-hmm. her first. So I think the work of the husband is to make sure that he's doing like what Paul talked about in Ephesians, mm-hmm. you know, that he is really putting his wife before himself, you know, like Christ did for his bride. Mm-hmm. And so the thing is, I think, you know, while like you identify the things that women may struggle with, well, I think the things that men may struggle with is being self-centered, mm. you know, and, learning how to put the wife in front of your own desires and what you want and all, all of that stuff. So both lessons has, have to be learned. Would you say that the husband learning that lesson um, includes putting in the work um, that is nurturing the wife in this journey? Like, I think sometimes it can be exhausting. Mm-hmm. I really do. I think that we've had moments of discussion where it's like, yeah. this is exhausting, but I think, you know, yeah, that becomes an expression of, of that of love, yeah, of, of yeah. charity. Yes, definitely. You know, and I think that's a that's also a form of putting your wife before yourself. You yeah. know, because because wow. yeah. men are pretty yeah. short. Like it's like generally speaking, yeah. You know, yeah. let's get over with it. You know, man, it's, it's, <laughs> I'm okay. You're okay. Drag, We're okay. Yeah, let's not drag yeah. it on. You know, but to understand that no, she may need to talk about it yeah more you know what i'm saying to to really feel what she needs to feel and not that it's all all about feelings mm-hmm. but to get to a place where you know things can be resolved yeah whereas men may be like okay i'm sorry let's yeah. go <laughs> and then and you then know? expect it's as if it never happened it's right. like surf right. pro you know what i mean like it's, <laughs> it's like it never happened right and the wife is like no there's still stains on the carpet there exactly. are still some you know right and and right. so i think but but again the balance to all of that mm. is that as each person is moving closer toward the lord mm. and closer toward one another yes we see in action all of the grace and all of the mercy mm. that not only the lord extends to us but he expects us to extend to one another. Yeah, definitely. We need to keep our marriages in, in prayer. God does a sanctifying work with, <laughs> within us yes. through marriage. Amen. You know, and so we talked about that today. So yes. that, that, that's basically what happened here. God is sanctifying us. And you never get to a point where you have arrived. No, not you know, at all. So God is, is doing the work through our marriages. So even the arguments, even the disagreements, even the failures, the Lord uses for his glory if we submit them to him. That's right. We can do it. Um, if if we will do it. 
Thank you for listening to By Design. We hope that you are blessed by this podcast. Until next time, God bless.